I'm excited to announce that the Premed Playbook Guide to the MCAT, at least the Kindle version, is now available for pre-order as this podcast comes out on Amazon. Again, the Premed Playbook Guide to the MCAT, the Kindle version, is available for pre-order right now. It's $4.99. We'll likely drop that to a, a fun price on launch day, which is May 7th, 2018. I'm expecting the paperback version in my hand shortly. As soon as I approve that, hopefully the paperback version will be available at the same time as the Kindle version. It's only on Amazon and Kindle right now. We'll uh, expand the distribution a little bit later, um, but Kindle has some some fun treats when you exclusively release on Kindle to begin with. So that's what we'll do. Again, the pre-med playbook guide to the MCAT. It is the book to help you understand what the MCAT's all about, how to register, when to register, how to study, what to look at, tips, tricks, everything that you need to know before you even dive into the actual MCAT prep itself. So if you are a pre-med student, and you haven't taken the MCAT yet, whether you're a high school student, a freshman, a sophomore, whatever you are, the MCAT book is what you need. So the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT, get it at mcatbook.com or just go to Amazon, search for the Pre-Med Playbook over there. This is the Pre-Med Year, session number 284. Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am excited to have you here, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast today. If you haven't yet shared this podcast with a friend, with a classmate, with an advisor, I would love you to do that. If you want to get more involved, shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I sent out to the first batch of little Bluetooth devices that you can throw in your backpack and it gives a little notification on Android phones to say, hey, there's this podcast or whatever the message is for the day. Like if there's some special MCAT podcast I want students to listen to or I want students to know about, I can program it to, to talk about the message. And I, I can update that even without having the beacon in my hand. So if you would love to help spread the word about the podcast and would be willing to carry around a little Bluetooth beacon I would love for you to email me, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. Again, that's ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. As I'm recording this, it is May 1st, and TMD SAS for 2019 has opened up. Now, this is application season. Somebody who, uh, for me, somebody who is doing this day in and day out, application prep and helping students interview and write personal statements, this cycle never, ever ends. And for the admissions committee members and for pre-med advisors, the cycle never ends. One cycle leads into the next, leads into the next. So keep that in mind as you're bugging your pre-med advisors or possibly uh, physicians who are writing letters of recommendations, et cetera. They probably have... Um, they, they probably get a lot of requests for this kind of stuff and obviously requests for getting 
um, the committee letters and everything else from your pre-med advisor. So this is a very busy time of year. Plan accordingly. And planning is what I want to talk about today. So applications, TMDSAS opened up today. We have ACOMIS and AMCAS opening up the next couple of days as well. And just for a brief rundown, if you haven't heard these terms before, TMDSAS is Texas Medical and Dental School Application Service. ACOMIS is uh, the American Academy uh, Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine Application Service, uh, something like that. And then AMCAS, the American Medical College Application Service. Um, all of those three services are what you need to do to apply to medical schools in the United States. Now, if you're in Canada, there's an Ontario Medical Service Application Service or Med uh, Ontario Medical School Application Service. And then the other medical schools typically have their own uh, application processes. So the question or what I want to talk about today is, is kind of gathering in some of the most common questions that I get around this time, around this cycle, the beginning of the cycle rather, and kind of aggregate all of the answers into uh, a what do I need to do right when applications open up? All right, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And step one, step one, when this day rolls around, step one is don't freak out, right? This is just another day in the process. And yes, it might have crept up on you. I talked to a lot of students and they're like, oh my gosh, like yesterday it felt like January and now all of a sudden it's May and we're applying and, and it, like tomorrow where I'm going to be interviewing. Hopefully this process goes fast. There's a lot of moving parts and because of that, it seems to move fast, right? When you are at the very beginning of this, you're very naive and, and everything is, is um, becoming kind of um, uh, overwhelming when you're looking at everything you need to do with letters of recs and, uh, and obviously taking the MCAT and writing your essays and putting together a school list and everything that you have to do, right? There's so many things you have to do. And then all of a sudden it's here and you feel like you need to do it right now. So make sure you, you take a breath and don't freak out. It doesn't have to be done right now, right? Specifically for AMCAS, right? Which is the, the, the application service to apply to the majority of MD schools in this country, right? Specifically for AMCAS, it opens May 3rd, and you can't submit until, I think, May 31st this year, and the, the applications don't get submitted to the schools until June 29th. So you have a whole month where the application is open that you can, you can work on everything and not freak out. Where this catches some people is with TMDSAS and with a COMIS, because there is no separate open date and submit date. You can submit as soon as you want for those application services. And I had TMDSAS on the podcast a while ago, and they talked about, Enrique talked about some of the most common issues with applying through TMDSAS. And some students out there are clicking submit before they've put in their personal statement, before they've put in their extracurriculars. They think submit is like save, and that's not the case. So step one, breathe. Right? There's a lot of talking to just say, don't freak out. The opening of the application doesn't mean that you have to get everything in there right now and submit it right now. So step one, breathe. Step two, 
read, read, read the instruction manuals. TMDSAS has one, ACOMAS has one, AMCAS has one. Read the instruction manuals. Find out what the nuances are between each of the application services so that you understand and, and you are informed and you are making sure that you are doing everything properly. The last thing that you want to happen is to submit your application and get it kicked back because there's an error with it. Or worse yet, submit your application, have an error with it, and schools see that error and they write you off because you can't follow the directions. So you need to read the instruction manuals. I go through them very often when I talk to students and I need to look something new up or I need to remind myself what the instruction manual says, go through it. If I can do it all the time, you can do it at least once. So read the instruction manuals. After that, once you go into the application service, you open up your account or create a new account for this new year, the first thing that you should be doing is getting a transcript request form for this new application cycle year and get that sent out to every school that you've been to, every community college, every postback, every extension program, every four-year university, any place where you've taken a class or attempted to take a class, you need a transcript typically from that school. Again, for all of the nuances of whether you need a transcript, I refer you back to the instruction manual. Very important. Make sure that when you send off the transcript request form to your school, you also get an unofficial one to uh, sent to you. You are going to use that unofficial one to help you put in your grades in the application service. So if you didn't know, when you're doing the application, you have to manually put in each class, each grade, all the credit hours, etc., line by line by line in the application service. It's probably one of the, the te most tedious parts of the application service, something that takes the longest to do. Now, one of the hardest things with transcripts and putting in grades is, and something I get a lot of questions about, is uh, like engineering classes. Maybe there's some sort of uh, biomedical engineering is it a, an engineering class? Is it a biology class? What do I classify it as? And the application services are pretty lenient as far as letting you decide what the class is categorized as. Now, if it's an engineering level class, engineering code, typically that's going to be an engineering class. But if you could argue that, look, the majority of my class was biology and blah, 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 then maybe you have an argument to label it biology. Be careful with doing this, though. One of the biggest holdups with applications is incorrect transcripts, incorrect um, classes. When you put them in and they're being reviewed by a human, they'll get kicked back to to you if there's anything major or they'll be changed by them for you to review. So as you go through this process, be very careful going line by line by line, entering in all the information that you need to, making sure that you're transferring over the credits properly, transferring over the grades properly. Again, read the instruction manual based on how your school or schools have given you grades with plus minus or whatever the the um, uh, semesters or quarter systems or whatever it is, 
make sure you're reading the instruction manuals on how to properly translate that for the different application services. Now, a common question that comes up is, should I wait to request transcripts until after my spring grades come back? And that's a tricky one for me. Number one, it depends on when your semester ends. Number two, it depends on when the grades are actually required to be submitted because those are typically two different dates. Um, so find out from your either your registrar um, or from your your professors. Say, hey, just I had a question. I'm applying to med school. When when are the final grades required to be in? Because you're not going to get official transcripts until those final grades are actually in the system and submitted by the professors. And so if that is going to delay your application, if if you can't request an official transcript with those spring grades until the end of May, the end of, uh, or the mid part of June, then maybe it's not worth it. Now, there are a lot of variables in this. Are those grades important in your overall application? Do you need to show a strong upward trend in those spring grades are going to really help paint that picture? Are you, so you'll have to think through this process. You'll have to look at your specific situation and go, you know what? I really need these grades. It's worth waiting for me. Now, it might not be worth waiting for everybody, but it may be worth waiting for you. So that's something you have to think about, right? There, There is no blanket advice when it comes to the application process. Every student is different. So with that said, second step. So step one, don't freak out. Step two, read the instructions. Step three, get those transcript request forms set out. Make sure you get the unofficial ones sent to you as well. Step four, make sure you're continuing to follow up with your professors, with your PIs, with your supervisors, with whoever it is who you requested letters of recommendation from, make sure you're continuing to follow up with them to make sure that either the letter of recommendation is in Interfolio, if you open up an Interfolio account, or now that the application services are opening, you can actually give them the instructions to submit the letter directly to the application services uh, themselves. So there are a couple of different options there, but make sure you're following up the last thing you want is a letter of recommendation to delay your application. It, that will hurt a lot. Step five, make sure you're continuing to write your personal statement, your extracurriculars. Again, because the application services just opened up, you don't have to have finalized versions of all of this. Don't rush through the process just to make sure uh, or just to, to, to have them quote unquote done so that you can submit your application tomorrow. Make sure you're going through the normal editing process. You're going through all of the, the, the normal feedback and draft processes with your personal statement with your extracurriculars. And remember the pre-med playbook guide to the medical school personal statement. If you're not applying this year, maybe you need to reapply next year, hopefully not. Um, but the pre-med playbook guide to the medical school personal statement is available for pre-order now everywhere and will come out in paperback form in August and hopefully in ebook form earlier than that. Personal statement, extracurriculars, make sure you're writing those going through the normal process. Don't rush through those just to make sure your application is in earlier 
and necessary. It's better to delay your application a week, make sure that your personal statement, your your extracurriculars are polished and error-free before submitting. Remember for TMDSAS, there's extra essays on there. One is required, one is optional. The optional essay in my mind is a required essay. So try to uh, make sure that you are writing something for that optional essay. One of the things that uh, a lot of students get wrong that the required extra essay for TMDSAS, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's a, a personal characteristics essay. And a lot of students misread or don't answer the question properly because it's it's a personal characteristics essay. But the question is, how are your personal characteristics going to help the educational environment of your classmates? So don't forget that that back part of the question. It's really how are you going to to help the educational environment of your classmates based on your your history, your skills, your traits, what you've learned, your characteristics, right? So make sure you're doing all of that. Other essays you may need to write if you're planning to mark a disadvantage on AMCAS, you can write that essay. You get 1,325 characters. You have the most meaningful essays for three of the extracurriculars on the AMCAS application as well. If you've had any sort of disciplinary actions against you, you'll have to write some essays about that as well. So make sure you're continuing to go through that process as you are Uh, doing everything else that's required on top of probably schoolwork, on top of maybe still studying for the MCAT, right? All of these other things need to continue to happen to make sure that the application is ready to go um, earlier rather than later. Demographic information, you need to obviously know what your name is, know that you, if you have siblings, what your, who your parents are, level of education they have, um, you need to know address, obviously phone number, contact information. You need to to enter a bunch of demographic information. So be ready to answer all of that. That's probably the easiest part of the application itself. We talked about grades already. I had that listed separately, but I talked about that with transcripts. Again, selecting categories is is hard for a lot of students. And then separately making sure all of the um the translations from your transcript to AMCAS, ACOMAS, and TMDSAS are properly done. Remember, even if you've had a class removed from your transcript, if your undergraduate institution, your community college, had some sort of repeat policy where the grade is removed from your transcript, you still need to put that in your application service. So that's something to keep in mind. The next thing you need to be worried about with this application process is the school list, right? The school list is one of the last things that you'll put into the application. You put in the schools, what schools you want to apply to. With TMDSAS, it's one fee, you apply to all of them. There's really no reason to not apply to all of them. It increases, obviously, your chances of getting in. You'll have to pay secondary fees for most of the schools. That's just a little bit of extra money, but that's okay. Apply to all the Texas schools is my typical blanket advice for everybody. Obviously, if there's some place, like if you say you could never, ever, ever see see yourself living in the Rio Grande Valley, then maybe don't apply there. But uh, school list is important. And my general rule of thumb, if you haven't heard, is not to apply to schools based on MCAT and GPA. Apply to schools based on 
location, based on class size, based on curriculum, based on many other things outside of MCAT and GPA. A lot of students in the pre-med world are groomed on SDN, on Reddit, everywhere to apply based on MCAT and GPA. Now, I go against that trend. I think I'm right. Um, And whatever scrutiny you want to give me, I'm okay with that. Um, That's just my general rule of thumb. So look at schools, apply to schools. Again, the average is about 14 for MD schools, 9 for DO schools. After you're done with your school list, then you're basically done with the primary application. You need to go through the application over and over and over again, checking for typos, checking for for weird characters. Remember that uh, if you are copying and pasting from Word or from Google Docs, there may be some weird characters that are carried over into the text box, the entry box, in the application service itself. So I generally like to copy from either Word or Google Docs into a plain text editor. Uh, I think text edit uh, or WordPad or names for Mac or Windows, but a plain text editor is great to be able to copy and paste. The application services don't have any sort of formatting options. So I'll read personal statements where students are trying to emphasize something and a word or a couple words or a a book name or whatever is in italics or it's bolded or it's underlined, right? All of that stuff will not carry over into the application itself. So if you're trying to highlight something, emphasize something based on formatting, try to do it a different way because that formatting is not going to be there. One of the tools that I love to use and that I recommend is a a tool called Grammarly. If you go to medicalschoolhq.net slash Grammarly, that's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y, you can um, see what this tool is all about. It's a plugin for Chrome, for Safari, and it checks your grammar. They also have a, a version that you can download you can, you can paste, um, there's a web app version as well. You paste in your text and it will tell you, hey, you should have a comma here or hey, this comma should be a semicolon or um, you're using this word too much, try this word or whatever, right? It's checking grammar, punctuation, style, so many things. It's an awesome tool that as you're going through the application cycle, I think you should pay for the full version of it because it will save your bacon when it comes to writing emails to admissions committee members, when it comes to writing your personal statement, writing your extracurriculars, writing secondary essays, having an app that helps you write better is invaluable. So again, medicalschoolhq.net slash Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. That is an affiliate link. I'll get a little beer money if you end up using it. Um, If you don't want to use that link, just Google Grammarly. I think it's an amazing tool that you should be using um, during this process. So typos, 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 making sure there's no major issues with formatting or fonts or anything as you are going through this process. After you make sure there's no typos, no other issues there, you're basically ready to submit. 
Now, again, with AMCAS, you can't submit until the end of May. With Am- with ACOMIS and TMDSAS, you can submit as soon as possible. Now, applications don't go out for AMCAS and ACOMIS until end of June or mid-June, respectively, and then you'll get back, sec- uh, you'll get back secondary essays. Don't wait to get back your secondary essays to start writing them. Go online, search for Secondary Essay Database. Uh, we'll have a database on medicalschoolhq.net soon. I have all of the questions. I just need to create web pages for them all. Um, it's something that uh, has been needing to be done for a while, but those questions are out there. Most schools don't change their questions, so pre-write those secondaries. Once you have your school list, once you submit, start working on those secondary essays. After you do the first five or six schools, they typically tend to get be repetitive, so they'll get easier as you go. And that way, when secondaries start rolling out from a Comus, probably mid-June, because the first wave of applications goes out June 15th, from AMCAS, the first wave of applications goes out June 29th, so you'll get applications or secondary applications right after that. With TMDSAS, you have to go to each school's website and look for the instructions on submitting a secondary essay. They don't have a sim- they don't have the same process that AMCAS and ACOMAS do. So you have to go to the individual schools for secondaries for those schools. Once you're done with the secondary essays, then it's just a waiting game. You're waiting for interviews. Now, you should be preparing for your interviews leading up to this point. Reach out to your pre-med advisor. Reach out to your career counselor. Reach out to mentors. Get mock interviews under your belt before you actually interview. Not preparing for the interview is like not prepping for the MCAT. You need to do it. Now, I have the pre-med playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. It's out and um, has been received very well from students. I've gotten a ton of great feedback that it's helped them on their applica- or on their interview days. So if you um, don't have the time, don't have maybe the resources to do private one-on-one interviews, if your school doesn't offer them, whatever it may be, at least get the book. Outside of the book, I have my mock interview platform where you sign into a platform. It's $47 a month. Uh, You sign into a platform and you use your webcam or your phone and it's a video of me asking you a question and then it records your responses. So you can watch yourself, you can critique yourself, there's an assessment afterwards so you can send it to somebody and they can critique you and give you feedback as well. That I consider kind of the bare minimum to prep if you're not going to do it in person with somebody or over Skype with somebody who can give you direct Uh, one-on-one feedback. Outside of that, it's a waiting game. You're waiting for the interviews. You're waiting for the acceptances, the rejections, the wait lists, what have you. And the process runs from all the way from now to next April and May. So the process never ends. Now, the uh, uh, application cycle, you can be accepted to medical school all the way through like when medical school starts. So the the process really is from May of 2018 all the way through August of 2019, you could get uh, some final acceptance to a medical school. It's a very long process. Make sure you're staying sane through the process. Again, step one, remember, don't freak out. Breathe. This is not the end of the world. 
the the acceptance rate about forty to fifty percent when you average in um, DOs who aren't on the MD data. Uh, about forty to fifty percent acceptance rate. There's a good chance you may have to apply again. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's expensive, and I hate to hear from students who apply, don't get in, and say they're not going to apply again because of finances. It breaks my heart when I hear that. So make sure you try to do it right the first time so you don't have to do it again. If you still have any questions about the application process, what to do when applications open up, I would love to continue this conversation in the Hangout Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. That's our free private Facebook group, super collaborative environment of like-minded students. So go over, again, medicalschoolhq.net slash group. Click on join the group, and we'll continue the conversation in there. If you have any specific questions, feel free to email me, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I will warn you, I have emails dating back to February that I haven't gotten to yet. My email is becoming a little bit crazy. Um, but that's all right. I'll get to them at some point, but if you have any pressing concerns, probably the Hangout is the best way to uh, ask questions. Hope you have a great week. Again, check out the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Interview, the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement, and the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT. All of them are available um, uh, to buy or for pre-order on Amazon at this point. Have a great day. We'll see you next time here on the Pre-Med Years. (laughs) 